0: Hey, everybody. Today's show is brought to you by two great sponsors. The first is Hover.com. With hundreds of domain extensions, no heavy-handed upselling, and best-in-class support, Hover makes it easy to spend less time on your domains and more time on your big idea. And now, you can use the offer code BUILDSOMETHING for 10% off your first purchase. Head over to Hover.com today. The next sponsor is a new one, WP Stagecoach. WP Stagecoach provides easy WordPress staging sites. Create your staging site with one click and import your changes back to your live site with one click. This makes changing copy, adding features, or new development easier than ever. Head over to wpstagecoach.com today to check them out. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to How I Built It, a podcast that asks the question, how did you build that? Today, my guest is Joost DeValk, of Yoast SEO. Yoast, thanks for joining me.
1: My pleasure. It's good to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So uh, today we're going to be talking about, in general, your business, which most people know about the plugin part, but I think you guys do a lot more than that, right? You're like a like a full tilt boot SEO yeah, kind of... we do more, but to be honest, the plugin is becoming so big
1: uh, that uh, it's becoming a bigger part of the business every month. So we have a review side to our business where we do website reviews and some other things. And we have an academy side that's growing fairly rapidly too, where we have online courses on SEO and SEO copywriting. That still grows. And the good thing about that thing is too, is that it scales. Uh, reviewing and is, is a lot like, well, general consulting and consulting doesn't scale. So that's a harder thing for us to keep growing at the same rate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, so kind of how did you uh, how did you come up with the idea for, uh, I guess, first the plugin and then expanding the business? So
1: I have been building WordPress plugins for about 10 years Mm -hmm. now, and I used to have five different small SEO plugins that did one or the other thing. And at some point, I decided, okay, I should just combine all of this together because it's getting really annoying to have five different plugins that interact with each other, but can't really control control each other's settings, etc. For instance, if you want to have, a, if you want to no index a page to keep it out of the search engines, you probably also don't want that page in your XML sitemap, making Things like that work automatically in a good way it was a lot easier when it became one plugin. So that's why I decided to build one. And the only thing I was lacking at that time was title functionality. So I built all of
0: that. Nice, nice. So, so is this something that you you built on your own, like completely? So the first and then... version
1: I built on my own. Right now, I'm happy to say that most of the code I ever wrote is no is no longer in there.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, for the first. Two, three years I was on my own. I started YOS as a business in 2010. And hired my first developer in 2013. Uh, and there's huh. 13 developers working for Yoast now.
0: Wow. On the plugin. Wow.
1: And well, yeah, so we've we've gone through quite a lot of changes over the time.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And so you, you had the plugin and then you kind of decided to go into like copywriting and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because copywriting, uh, to me, is one of the hardest things you can do on the internet. It, it is incredibly hard. Well, it's, it's the, the funny
1: thing is copywriting is just a different talent than coding. And so we found and uh, more and more is that we basically, with the SEO, we take away all the technical SEO issues that a site can have. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you will suddenly start ranking uh when you install our plugin, because to start ranking you'll actually need content that that does something. And so we started expanding on that. We've we've done that from the very beginning. We've had a snippet preview to show you what it looked like, etc. And we've but we we're, we're expanding on that more and more because we're finding that even though we keep up with all the technical SEO stuff the added value we give people is, is way more on the copywriting side because we basically, they don't see that we solve all the technical issues, but we do that nonetheless. So to get them to rank better, we actually need them to write better, uh, which is why we went into uh, more SEO content scoring in the plugin and, and uh, recently even readability scoring on how well uh, is your text readable. And and we're thinking about that more and more and more on how can we help people write content that attracts the right people to
0: their site and makes them do the right things. That's awesome, uh, especially because the, the readability functionality is has been invaluable to me. I've been developing a course and I always I, I go for the green like I, I want to get all green. Uh, I noticed that the passive voice is something I always use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in
1: Technical <laughs> writing that actually happens a lot. And it's sometimes very hard to, uh, to get out of as well, but it, but copy becomes so much easier to read when you, when you take that out or, or limit that to a certain degree. And it's so much easier to, to get through that. And the funny thing for us being a Dutch company with, uh, Ninety percent of our people being in Holland in, in this office where I'm sitting now. Actually, when you when English is not your native language, if if people improve their readability, the, the the readability for us goes up double as fast because hard stuff that's hard to read in your native language is even harder to read when it's not. <laughs> your native language. And, and I can say I'm fairly proficient in English, but uh, for me, it helps a lot when I people are actually trying to well to write somewhat simpler and you just you go through stuff quicker and especially in courses or in posts where you want people to remember stuff it's a lot easier to remember stuff if it was written down more easily
0: yeah absolutely and that's that's a great point so you do all of this stuff with seo seo is always a moving target so what kind of research do you do to kind of stay on top of this stuff a ton.
1: So we have uh, an SEO team of now four people here in-house that basically uh, we d- that do some site reviews to make sure that we, we work with clients' websites and see what's wrong with them. The funny thing is that that helps keep us grounded in, in what's happening in the real world. Uh, next to that, we read everything that uh, Google puts out. Uh, and we test a lot. So we have a lot of sites where we try little things and see like, okay, what's what's changing? And luckily these days, we are in very good contact with Google directly. So when they make big changes, nice. they'll, they'll give us uh, a warning like, hey, you probably should do something about this. Because we've reached a point where um, in the top 1 million websites, 11% of them is using US SEO. Uh, oh wow! So if we make a change, Google notices. So it's we. It, it, that is a, a nice position to be in. I have to say, um, it's it's made stuff incredibly uh, easy to to well, just to validate. Like, okay, it seems like this would work better. Is that actually true? And They go like yes or no, and usually we then test what they say yeah. because <laughs> they're not usually they're not lying, but sometimes they don't know any better, but it's not like not 100% true, but it's Mm -hmm. a lot of testing. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of playing with new technologies that Google puts out and see like, okay, what so what are they going to do with this? And yeah, so it's a lot of work.
0: Man. Yeah. It it sounds like it. And, and so you've mentioned Google a lot is, and I mean, Google has become synonymous with search. Is it, I don't want to, I don't want to, and I don't want you to bad mouth uh, like any other search engines, but is it worth looking at what Yahoo and Bing and and others are doing? Uh, It it, it depends 100% of where you are. So Mm. if
1: you're in Europe, then Google is pretty much the only thing. Gotcha. Uh, In the US, Yahoo and Bing still serve some traffic as in like 20% of search traffic comes from those two engines. So it might be worth looking into it if your site is somewhat bigger. Mm -hmm. If you're in Russia, you you need to optimize for Yandex. If you're in uh, Korea, you need to optimize for Navar. If you're in Japan, you need to optimize for other things. I mean, it's uh, you've got Baidu in China. So Google is by far the biggest one globally, but in your specific area... Uh, there might be other search engines. Luckily, most of them follow just about the same rules, and uh, so they uh, all the big ones support schema.org. All the big ones mm-hmm. support title, canonical, meta descriptions, etc. So most mm-hmm. of that work you do for mm-hmm. all the engines. We focus on Google the most right now, mm-hmm. but I hope to get to a future at a certain point where we'll have a snippet preview for Yandex and, and one for Baidu, too. But we're, we're not
0: very good at Chinese yet. <laughs> I imagine that's a lot tougher of a market to get into, too. Well, it's a, a lot of our analyses. So we do a
1: lot of content analysis. And, and all of those analyses rely on, on things that we think are common in languages. Because mm-hmm. even though I speak a lot of languages, they're all fairly Western. And then you go into Asia and you figure out that there are languages without spaces and your entire constant analysis is based on the fact that there are spaces to count words and things like that. So it's it it needs a lot of rethinking. We actually hired a linguist last year to uh, help us do that. Uh, and She's been doing a lot of work in in getting our uh, stuff like passive voice recognition, et cetera, and for Western languages going. And we're looking, we're starting to look now, okay, so what should we do for uh, for all these languages that are huge in India and Russia, et cetera?
0: Man, that is, that is cool. That's really cool. How many languages do you speak?
1: Uh, well, fluently uh, only, re- really only Dutch and English, uh, but mm-hmm. I can make myself understood in French, German, Spanish, Italian. Nice. But that's all. As I said, it's all Western European. They're all right. especially if I, I've had in total about seven years of ancient Latin and all of those languages are based uh-huh. on ancient Latin, so it becomes yeah. really easy to, to do those combinations. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. I took I took Spanish in high school and I'm like dying to learn Italian and Well, that's uh, pretty close. If you're yeah, if Spanish it is. is
1: good, then Italian is pretty doable. The only thing is that you'll probably switch from one to the other far too easily.
0: Yeah, which is, I was, this is kind of a tangent, but, uh, so I got married in June and we went to Italy, uh, for our honeymoon. I'm hundred percent of Italian descent. My, my grandfather was born in Italy and I had a conversation with a, a fella in Naples who, uh, it was basically like half Spanish, half Italian cause he didn't speak English. So we managed a conversation that way. It was really yeah. interesting. No, it, so. they
1: are very related languages and and if you have that base of of having done latin for so long as i have then all of those languages basically look alike at some point.
0: Yeah. Nice. Man, so cool. So moving on, i've realized that that talking to people helps a lot. It's part of the reason i started this podcast. Uh so do you kind of bounce ideas off of other people about features, business advice, direction, things like that?
1: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I've and different Topics with different friends, but uh, we have a in the SEO community a lot of good friends that we bounce ideas off. And well, we're I'm lucky enough to have a team here that you that I can really do that well with too. There's currently thirty six people in our Dutch office, so that's a pretty big team where you can bounce ideas around and 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 talk to people. Uh, So that's mostly uh, Omar, our CTO. Marika, my wife, and a lot of people that that really understand our business well, and and, and understand what people that have our plugin uh, might need and might help them improve their site.
0: Nice, that's that's very cool. So, um, all right, so let's get to the the title question then. Uh, how did you build it? So. Tools, coding methodologies, whatever you want to talk about here is fine. So
1: that's that's changed quite a bit over the years. When I started,
0: it was mostly me
1: coding in TextMate uh, on my Mac. Now it's the entire team using PHP Storm or WebStorm. In the beginning, it was almost all of it was PHP. Uh, now we're at like fifty percent JavaScript, and the JavaScript part of it's growing fast. We're switching almost all of our interfaces to React. We have rewritten the entire content analysis and everything around that, and the entire readability thing is all written in JavaScript, too. So it can basically run as a separate node library, and et cetera. We do all our, all our development on GitHub in a couple of repositories. So we have a WordPress SEO repository for the plugin. We have a dot js repository for uh, all the JavaScript that does the content analysis, etc those are separated projects these projects because we actually have a seal for Drupal two and we have one coming out for magento and for uh, type of three, which use the exact lane, the same interface the exact same analyses, etc. The only thing that differs is the the underlying code uh, that stores data and that serves it out so we Oh, we have a very rigid process here where someone creates an issue and specs out what what needs to be done uh, someone codes it up a uh, second person reviews the code and, and sees sees okay what can be approved etc then when it's when it passes review it goes to acceptance testing by a third person who goes through the code yet again and then acceptance tests it whether it actually fixes the issue or meets the acceptance criteria. And we look at, okay, should this have unit tests, yes or no, usually those, should, those will have been coded right in the beginning because when, when we can, we will usually do test-driven development. So for instance, with all our constant analysis things, we start with uh, a bunch of tests and then we, and then we uh, slowly work our way to from having the test to uh, uh, something that actually passes the test. Then it gets merged. And then before release, we do another extensive testing period where uh, our uh, support team will go through uh, testing the plugin and and testing all sorts of combinations with other plugins. Every time you commit, we run our Travis interface. So we have uh, Travis running through seven different server setups with uh, multi-site, languages combined with with some big plugins like Jetpack and a couple of others. So we have a a rather rigid process, which is needed because the the good and the bad thing about our plugin is that we run on every page of your WordPress install.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: every single small mistake we make will always lead to an issue somewhere with another plugin. Um, And even when we don't make mistakes,
0: usually other people mistakes and we'll into issues <laughs> yeah i mean that's it it sounds like you're doing a lot of stuff on the front end to really limit that and that's great because i mean you know pippin williamson was just talking about how a certain type of plugin is generally done wrong across the board and it causes a lot of problems for him you know for him and his support team so uh you know just you have a, it sounds like a very modern process, a very up to date process. It, it, I think we,
1: and I'm boasting a bit here, sorry. I think we have the most rigid development process in the, in the WordPress community. We probably also have one of the bigger teams. Mm-hmm. And so we, ha- we, we can do that. It's very hard when there's just one or two of you to have a process like we have because, well, there's only one or two eyes to look at that code. So, this has become easier over time as as our business grew, and it's one of the reasons why I think that larger plugins need to make some money to be able to to build out a team and to to get to a higher quality
0: yeah, absolutely i mean you see you see a lot of stuff like this in other sections of the software development community, but WordPress is still pretty young as far as that goes, so
1: yeah, it's. And the funny thing is, so my my first development experience 15 years ago now, I don't want to think about how long that's
0: been, (laughs) uh,
1: was in Java. And the funny thing is that a lot of the things I learned there and the things I learned about 10 years ago when I was coding on WebKit, the core of Safari and Chrome, the things we did 10 years ago are stuff that we're setting up now for our development. And somehow it feels weird that we we haven't done that before. One of the things we're looking at our, for ourselves is doing performance profiling in our Travis so that uh, we don't slow down the plugin during development and that we make sure that we know that every commit that goes in either makes it faster or keeps it at the same level. But stuff like that is is fairly new. And I don't think too many people even know how to performance profile their plugin. So, uh, there's a lot that the community can learn there, and at the same time, we probably benefit from the fact that we are uh, doing all of that, and people are seeing that it uh, is, a, is becoming a very stable plugin, and that it is becoming better and better over time.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I, I get the feeling that a lot of people in the community are self-taught programmers, which is probably why we're seeing we're seeing the evolution that has been seen in other industries before. Uh, so, you know, I think I, I think we're getting there. It sounds like you're moving the chains on that. And as as people hear about what you guys we do... We actually have
1: plans to blog more about all of this because this is probably stuff that we should share a lot more about and how we, how we people can set, the, set up that process, et cetera. Uh, the, the only thing is that that means freeing up my developers to write blog posts, <laughs> which is not always the thing I want to do
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, a, a developer's blog post is very expensive, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Well, so it sounds like we've talked a lot about the transformations of the plugin since it first launched. You know, It started off as a few different ones that you had and then combined, and now you're moving everything to React. Uh, are, are there plans to integrate the REST API? Are you already integrating the REST Wait, API? We're already using the REST API. In fact, we'll
1: have a release... A uh, week and a half from now, in which we add an installer, and uh, uh, when so when people first inst- activate the plugin on a site, they'll go through an installer process that's built completely on the REST API. So, uh, and um, a React framework we built for that ourselves, so that we can reuse that on other platforms too. Reusable code is something that's becoming more and more important to us because we're figuring out as we are going to these other platforms, that we're basically running into the same problems on every platform. And that only a couple of things really need to be tied to the platform that much. So, I mean, how you store and and retrieve options is something that's very uh, restricted to the platform. But your Google Snippet Preview won't change whether you're on Magento or on Mm -hmm. WordPress. It'll still be a Google Snippet Preview, not a Magento or WordPress Preview. So there's a lot of code that we share between uh, those uh, different platforms and that's uh, actually helping us build better code too.
0: Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, and that's maybe one of my favorite things about coding myself is, is uh, you know, I got my master's in software engineering and and we learned about the whole reusable code and architecting software. And that's, I'm not the, the most back endy developer by any stretch, but, the, the planning and architecting software stuff is, is the stuff I love. So that's oh, awesome. It's a different job. We actually have...
1: So we have a CTO and two architects and, and 12 people who do development. And even within development, you've got specialties for, for specific stuff. Like uh, we had uh, uh, Only a few months ago, we hired uh, Andrea Fursio, who does a lot of work for uh, WordPress Core 2, who's mm-hmm. kick-ass at accessibility so he's he he's been building making our plugins so much better in terms of keyboard accessibility and uh, um screen reader accessibility and all these things and that's just that is a specialty within development that is really underrated but so there there's a lot of these smaller specialties that are starting to to, uh, to build up and that's really cool that's
0: excellent so well. That's. It sounds like you guys are like right on the forefront of a lot of things, which is really cool. So, uh, what are your plans for the future? You you hinted at it a little bit with a new feature rolling out next week, but oh yeah, well, you, we've got a
1: ton of features uh, planned. We're actually going to a slightly uh, faster release schedule because we're doing and um, we're going to work to a somewhat more continuous model. We have a ton of releases planned for the coming months with with all sorts of new features, both for Yoast SEO Premium and for Yoast SEO 3, and for uh, our uh, extensions. So We have a local and a video extension, et cetera. A lot of those things you'll have to see just because uh, well, me talking about them is actually harder than just seeing what it looks like in the screenshot. The installer is actually one of, one of the more graphic ones that you can probably imagine. Head. like, okay, that'll, <laughs> that'll happen. And um, a lot of what we are doing is trying to make to help people write better content and structure their site better. So there's a lot of what we're doing coming in that area where we look at tags, categories, etc. On how can we make you use those things to, to improve the structure of your site? And uh, because we're seeing that that's something that people struggle with all the time. And as they write more posts on their blogs, when you have like 100 posts, what are you doing to make sure that the first few posts you wrote are still being read by people or, and are still being found? So uh, how are you interconnecting all of those? How are you relating stuff to each other? And there's a lot of cool stuff that we can do there that we're working hard on. In our own way, because we try to do all of these things without using uh services that we host. So we don't use mm-hmm. external elastic searches or stuff like what Jetpack does. We try and do it all on your either in your browser or on your server. That's the Europeans and us trying to keep the data where it belongs.
0: <laughs> I like that. That sounds great. I'm really looking forward to those features. Uh, because, you know, as you know, and as you said at the top of the show, content is the most important thing for SEO so
1: it, yeah it's it's how we look at SEO. I mean it's, the technical SEO part is is actually becoming harder sometimes Um, but we try to just take all of that away and to just transparently solve all of that for people it's way too hard for a normal user to think about <laughs> yeah,
0: and, right, and they really should yeah. about that at all absolutely, awesome, well, so uh we will end on the. The last, the final question, uh, do you have any trade secrets for us? And any what sort of secrets? Trade secrets, anything that you kind of you learned that has helped you throughout growing your business? So many things I've learned. The question <laughs> is, what's, what are the more, the more important
1: ones? Probably the most important thing you, thing you can learn yourself is become very good at triaging issues. As mm-hmm. a developer. And uh, if you're not very good at that, find someone who is and, and, and make sure that they really make minimal test cases of, okay, so what is this bug really? Because so often I've fixed bugs and then figured out that what I fixed was a bug, but it wasn't the bug that the customer mm-hmm. was actually asking for me to fix. And it's just very hard. And especially in the WordPress ecosystem, because everything ties into everything. It's very important to figure out. Okay, so what really is the issue here, uh, and mm-hmm. what is preventing this from working, and uh, which other plugins are running? Which, what's the theme doing, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, I f- I feel like in the WordPress community, uh, did you disable all the other plugins? as the new is your computer plugged in? Like that's the, the the thing is that
1: you don't necessarily always want that. Right. At the same time, it's for us, it's. If another plugin throws a JavaScript error, we're done. I, I mean, we, yeah, we, yeah, we can't really do anything anymore. So I'm tr- the amount of developers that we've emailed and said, okay, so if you adapt your code here and add the try catch, <laughs> and, <laughs> and simply catch the error, and, and even if it breaks, it breaks. That's fine.
0: But it doesn't, you know, it doesn't destroy Don't everything. Hurt else. Us with it.
1: Sometimes yeah. you'll see it in our plugin when one of our analyses has failed. You'll see a gray bullet instead of a green one, a green or a red one, and that ha- that means that the analysis has failed. But it also men- means that we've caught that error and we haven't thrown a JavaScript error, preventing you from. <laughs> that and that's something that I wish a lot
0: more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that is that is great advice, and it's great advice to end on. So we will end there. Yos, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Really. Also, thanks to our great sponsors, Hover and WP Stagecoach. Thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Uh, this show wouldn't be what it is without you. And if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. Finally, until next week, get out there and build something.